0: Good evening from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, about to cap off a wild weekend as the East and West get together again for the 1996 Podstar game. The West won last year in Phoenix with strong performances from Green Day and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right now, coming out of the tunnel is last year's MVP, Flea, with some new arrivals, Eddie Vedder, Tracy Bonham, and a floating joint Oh, that's uh, Bradley Noel's ghost. On the other side of the Alamodome, we can see members of the Eastern team. Uh, I tell you, it was a good year for California to get some recruits for the East team. We had to go all the way across the pond and fetch Noel Gallagher and Dolores O'Riordan. Now, what these musicians are going to do tonight is not clear. Whether they are going to play basketball or have some sort of Battle of the Bands, the metaphor here is not particularly well fleshed out, but to get some answers, we'll go to Travis on the court.
1: Uh, Yes, I'm here with one of the mascots of the 1996 Podstar team, as well as the mascot of the reggae pop (laughs) band Sublime, Lou Dog. Lou, 1996 has been a bittersweet year for you. How would you sum it up? Okay, I understand that you've gone deaf from so many years of being on stage with the band. What's that like? All right. Uh, Do you have any thoughts about the future of Sublime?
2: I am Ludog, and I offer you this prophecy. Soon, Sublime will join forces with the entity known as Rome and reign over all other legacy bands performing on the
1: mid-range festival circuit for eons. Okay,
3: thank you very much, Ludov. Uh, Quillen, I understand that you're with one of the players? Hello, yes. Hey, it's Lane Staley, singer of Alice in Chains over here. Hey, Lane. Lane, it came to our attention after the Alice in Chains episode that our friends are not the biggest fans of your band. Ow. Yeah, sorry about that. We just wrapped up our 1996 season. Are there any episodes of the 1997 season that you're looking forward to hearing? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Are you kidding? No, 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 Okay. I'm not sure that's going to be a well-regarded song. I feel so alone. Hey, Lane, what's your favorite Outkast song? And can you respond to me as if I were your grandmother? Na, 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 na. Cool. Thanks. Back to you, Trev, Or Al. <laughs>
0: Uh, great to hear from you, Quillen. Uh, and now for singing the Canadian national anthem, winner of six Juno Awards. It's Alanis Morissette, featuring fellow Canuck Neil Pert on drums. Oh,
2: Canada, our home and native land. True
0: Well, surprising enthusiasm for the Canadian National Anthem here in San Antonio. And now, to honor America with the singing of the National Anthem, let's welcome Grammy Award winner Cheryl Crow featuring S.A. Martinez of
2: 311. at the twilight <laughs> oh say does that star strangle? then <laughs> for the land the free Cheers.
0: two beautiful renditions now we're set for the game in a moment Welcome to another year-end special. Um, This is a very uh, exciting episode of the podcast because we're all in the same Same room room together.
3: together. (laughs) Uh. Was was I supposed to repeat that? Yeah. (laughs) We're all in the same room together.
0: Yeah, that's right. We are uh, um, fully vaccinated and unmasked. In the same room together, which is a nice way to cap off this season after uh, basically starting this entire podcast over Zoom. So Trav and Quill came out to Illinois to to do a a podcast episode. So we're we're super excited to talk about 1996. We'll talk about some uh, stats and we'll talk about our favorite albums of the year and um, announce some hiatus episodes. So uh, first, for starters. Uh, on December 31st, 1996, what would you have said was the best song of the year?
1: Um. So, I guess I'm going to cheat a little bit. In 1996, still way into Melancholy, it was probably uh, through The Eyes of Ruby, which was like, Whoa. by the end of my initial run with that album, was, was the one that was my favorite. So, um. I don't know that there was a song on the charts or a pop song that stood out as being like any better than, than that. Um, it was probably, I think airplane flies high box that was coming out around that time too. Hmm. So it was like, had a really long shelf life. It seems like a
0: slightly random album track, but, uh, was it just Epic was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It, uh, um, it hit me. Mm-hmm. I mean, for being in one of the seven minute songs there, um that was
3: that was always one of my favorites when
1: I was younger. Mm-hmm. And it
3: still holds up pretty well.
0: Mm-hmm. Quill, what do you think you would have said?
3: Um, at this time, at the very end of nineteen ninety-six, I I was uh this is kind of when I was really getting into um some Christian punk rock. I would probably say like Chick Magnet by MXPX. Hmm. Yeah, was probably up there. I I was. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I was. That they, they were definitely my gateway. Um, kind of into getting into more underground Christian music and um, that album Let It Happen. Nope, life in general came out <laughs> um towards the end of of that year, nineteen ninety six. Um, and yeah, it was a special album to me and that was one of the singles and, um, that was probably, yeah, I would so, probably say Chick Magnet.
1: So when you were younger, were you a Christian, would you say you would identify as a I would have
3: identified as a Christian okay. at that time, okay. yes. I just to... <laughs> See, at that good. time, I would have identified <laughs> as that, now not so much.
0: Um, I think that my number one song would have been a Wallflower song, and the, my, my favorite album track from that album was uh, Invisible City, which I still think is probably one of the better ones. It's a ballad. I don't know, it's track six. It's very quiet. Um, it's got some, some great guitar playing. It was kind of atmospheric. Um, you know, probably in terms of singles, I probably would have said One Headlight. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was really into that wallflowers record that came out in 96. We'll have an episode about that, uh, pretty soon. And I don't know if I'm going to feel so hot about it, but we'll see. Um, talk about some stats from the year podcast. stats.
3: Yeah. We can kind of summarize quickly. Um, just kind of relive the year really fast. Um, so, uh, Al, you're, uh, I'm, I'm going to start with top songs for, for each of us. Um, of course, uh, uh, I think Al is not alone in 1979 being his top song. Um, that was his only perfect rating he gave this year, five out of five. Um Trav also rated 1979 a uh, perfect 5 out of 5. Trav had two more perfect songs, Wonderwall by Oasis and Salvation by The Cranberries. Wow. Um my top rated song was Salvation by The Cranberries at uh 5 out of 5. Um the top five songs of the year. Um, I did a top five because this was a by far our highest rated year overall. Um, uh, 1979 um, was probably our highest rated regular song that we featured so far. 4.83. Salvation by the Cranberries was number two at 4.67 average, and Wonderwall by Oasis was number three. Um, Novocaine for the Soul. Um, Surprisingly, I think to all of us, at number four, um, at 4.25, wow, and yeah. Champagne Supernova was the number five song at huh. 4.19. So, Oasis did good, Oasis did great, yes. Um, lowest rated song, uh, we had uh, two clunkers, uh, down by 311 was our lowest rated song with a rating of two. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. 311 out there listening, um. <laughs> Uh the second uh lowest rated song was Counting Blue Cars our our namesake. Our, wow, our, our podcast namesake by Dishwala, 2.17 Swallowed by Bush actually was the third lowest rated song at 3.33. Really? Yeah. Oh, well that's yep. a decent. It's it, an okay it rating. Jumps pretty high after yeah. that like okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um we did have some official Hall of Fame um inductees this year. Uh Wonderwall by Oasis was inducted. Uh, 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins, Salvation by the Cranberries, Novocaine for the Soul by the Eels. By Eels, sorry. <laughs> um, some honorary inductees um, from our Sheryl Crow special. We had All I Want to Do, Strong Enough, Can't Cry Anymore, and My Favorite Mistake. Um, and we had some Allison Chains ones as well. Got Me Wrong, No Excuses, and Over Now. Um The Stall of Blame we inducted down by three eleven, <laughs> Uh <laughs> and uh Honorary Inductee Sea of Sorrow by Allison Chains with a 1.67. Yeah. Um some uh repeated artist ratings. Um at the beginning of our podcast, we were talking about um the artists that were going to have three or more singles on the, uh, as number ones. And I, we'd, we'd have to go back and see. I don't remember who picked who. Yeah, so
0: we had you 2 Green Day, Alanis at Bush, and Live. I think those were the five choices. And I, I think- believe I said that Green Day was going to have the top rating. Yeah.
3: I think I said Bush. And I think I said Live. I don't think any of us said Alanis.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Um
3: so so far, um I'm going to go with like uh those with two and up right now. Yeah, sure. Oasis is the highest rated at 4.31, um with Wonderwall and Champion Supernova. Live is number 2 at 4.17. And Alanis is number three at 3.83.
0: And we're about to cover a probably a live song that's going to get a perfect rating.
3: You think? (laughs) 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 We'll have to see. Um... uh, Trev, just to to let you know, Bush is there at 2.66. Well,
1: you know. With we, one more song. We still
3: got that one song. We got one more song that we'll be covering. <laughs> yep.
0: Chemicals Between Us is going to turn I, it all around. I
1: think Oasis
3: <laughs> is done. Oasis is done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh,
3: yeah. Uh, of the We've ones got two three, U2s coming up this year. That's right. And we have yeah. one more live song, like you said, Al. Yeah. I'm going to remember. rush
0: rush, the ladies' room, take the water from the
1: toilet. <laughs> I try to remember what I was thinking when I when I chose Bush, and it was basically like I think I thought Bush was live, because <laughs> um, yeah I don't know we've been down that road before but yeah I just I don't know I, I it's been a a really productive sort of exercise in learning the specifics and the differences between these bands and mm-hmm. really kind of mm-hmm. differentiating mm-hmm. them.
3: Um, just. Two more quick things. Um, We usually talk about uh, these are kind of average ratings per individual um, Mm -hmm. for the year. Uh, Who do you think had the highest and the lowest this year, guys?
0: I think that Trav might have taken the highest rating spot. But then again, he's also got some low ones. I still think he gave so many high ratings that I think he's probably unseated me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess. I, I guess I'm both
1: the highest and the lowest ratings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh I guess I'm going to guess that the lowest average rating still coming from you, Quill. Okay. But I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I am pretty much on the
3: same page there. Okay. Lowest rater this year is Al. Oh with boy. A oh. 3.68. Well, that's still a pretty high yes, rating. Yes it is. Yes, uh, yeah. Uh Number 2 is Trav with a 3.73. What? 3. what? And number 1 is Mr. Hater. Yeah. Name. Quillen, <laughs> 3.82 by far the highest rater. Wow. Yeah. I think
1: that Wait a minute. That was less than like a tenth apart from me, by wasn't far it? Far compared to,
3: you know, <laughs> the okay. three of us. Uh <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I gave a lot, a lot of fours. And that's what did oh, it. I think huh? I gave yeah. I think I gave very few under four mm-hmm. this year. Um so this is certainly the highest rating rated year. nineteen ninety four our overall average was three point five five. Ninety five it was three point five three. Ninety six was three point seven eight by yeah. a lot. Really I good think- year.
0: I might go out on a limb and say this is probably the best year for Alternative Radio of the years that we've covered. Yeah,
3: you'd, you'd like to think that maybe it'll get better, but, boy, do we have bad news for you <laughs> soon here. I think
1: for the number ones, it's certainly the maybe the best. But yeah. in terms of like all of the albums that were released in 1996, I don't think that's the case.
0: Yeah. Yeah, My when we get to album lists, I, I felt like I... I mean, I didn't have to scrounge around, but I, uh, there were very few like must list records I found. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to talk about it a little bit more um, later on.
3: Yeah, that that's 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 all I got. That's pretty much the summary cool. of the year.
0: Wonderful. Um, Starting uh, last year at the last year's Podstar game, that was an award show, (laughs) uh, uh, I was listing the billboard stats for the year. So if we look at this um, with a super zoomed out view, Um, The top played artists on Modern Rock Radio in 1996, according to Billboard, were number 10, Everclear, number 9, Pearl Jam, number 8, Garbage, we'll be talking about them more soon, number 7, Soundgarden, number 6, Stone Temple Pilots, number 5, Alanis Morissette, number 4, No Doubt, number 3, Bush, number 2, Oasis, what do you think number 1 is?
3: Uh, Did you already say Pearl Jam? Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins?
0: Yeah, it's the Pumpkins. Mm. Number one played band on modern rock radio in 1996.
3: Yeah. Does Um, that track for you guys? I feel like that sounds about right. Yeah, that makes sense. I
0: mean, between.
1: 1979
0: was enormous, and tonight, tonight. And Zero and and Bolt with Butterfly Blinks would still have been playing in in 96, too. Um, Top 10 modern rock tracks uh, start with Stupid Girl by Garbage at number 10. Um, We haven't talked a ton about that, but I've been enjoying it lately. Uh, number nine, Machine Head by Bush. Number eight, In the Meantime by Space Hog. You're really sneaking in there. Uh, number seven, Spiderwebs by No Doubt, uh, never formally released as a single. So, um, well, no, that doesn't necessarily affect what our podcast talks about, though. Uh, number six, Wonderwall. Number five, uh, Santa Monica by Everclear. Number four, tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart by wow. STP. Uh, number three, Counting Blue Cars by Dishwalla. Number two, 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins, and number one's a, kind of a shocker to me, but it's an episode we've covered. Wonderwall? Down. Did you say Wonderwall? Wonderwall is at number six. Down by three. Uh, number one most played song on Modern Rock Radio in 1996 was Pepper by the Butthole Surfers. Wow. Yeah.
3: I can't believe Counting Blue Cars was at number three.
0: You think it would be higher? No. Oh. I, I, I wouldn't have been at all surprised to see that Counting Blue Cars was the number one wow uh played of the year yeah um i don't i never know anything about this stuff but the hottest modern rock label of the year was epic
3: (laughs) pearl jam and who else was on epic uh
0: oasis apparently Ah.
3: well uh let's go ahead
0: and uh talk about albums yeah so um, we're going to go around and we'll do number fives and fours and threes and twos and ones. Um, this is the first time that we have not uh, given one another a preview of our top five albums. So we might have some surprises. And also, you know, we've made, maybe made a teeny effort to avoid duplicates in the past, and we might have some duplicates. So if, uh, if we find out that we have duplicates, we're going to talk about them um, when they hit their highest spot. So, um, Quill, why don't you get to start with your number five?
3: You want me to start? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fine then. Um, my number five favorite album of 1996 is a little album called Return of the Frog Queen by (laughs) Jeremy Enoch of the band Sunny Day Real Estate. Okay.
1: you say that has maybe spiritual overtones
3: <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know I mean he was dabbling in Christianity at this time, I think thank you um, yeah, it was released by sub pop uh nine songs under thirty minutes, weirdo folk tunes huh. um a a drastic departure from anything sunny day real estate had done previously um heavily orchestrated lots of strings, piano, things like that. Um, uh, I guess you could say it was like a precursor to like freak folk um, in a way. Uh I think it's like weirder and more interesting than that kind of thing ever was. Um, But uh, yeah, it's just like a really beautiful, uh, weird folk album. Um, Kind of gives me like fantasy like, movie vibes in some of the songs. And it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Beautiful. Lots of great songs. Um, opens and closes amazingly. Um, just a pretty weird, stunning album that I would recommend anybody. Cool. Uh, yeah. Did you have, Al, you did not have any experience with this album? Nope,
1: nope. Not familiar. I haven't either.
3: You never have, tried No, despite oh.
1: hearing about it throughout yeah. my entire Youth and yeah. young adulthood um, I just sort of went Yeah, that sounds stupid. I don't think it's something that you would <laughs> Really?
3: Care for yeah. Sounds like something
0: I might care for yeah. Yeah. Yep,
3: yep um, I think you would uh, more likely mm-hmm. uh, Enjoy it than Travis would Yeah, mm-hmm. It's pretty lo-fi sounding too Despite the um, Like heavy orchestration It's pretty um, Yeah, just like The guitar, the guitar sounds kind of (laughs) guitar. (laughs) The guitar sounds kind of like warped a little, and like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of sounds worn and uh, um, not particularly professionally recorded. Like it it sounds like recorded in a in a living room, and yeah, it's very cool.
1: I gotta say, we keep making eye contact. In real life And I it is know. fucked up It's weird <laughs> It's really weird It is so weird And great But holy cow We're in the same room yeah. I know It's pretty weird Jeez uh, I got a number five You want to hear about it? You got a number it? five Yeah I want to hear about it So uh, my number five album from 1996 Is the self-titled album from the band Fountains of Wayne Okay Who were a super power pop band Our work were, were. Mm. Um anyways, they softened over time, but this first album has like a real edge to it that's really like um there's a, a little bit more of a bite to it.
2: He's got his arm around every man's dream. With crumbs in his beard from the seafood special. Oh, can't you see? biker leave the biker break his heart baby please leave the biker leave the biker break his heart
1: um the songs are excellent uh there are like a number of like really i don't want i don't know if i could say perfect songs but man, you could throw this album on on a sunny day and it's just like such a delightful um, album to listen to. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's always been great. It was great when I was a kid. I remember seeing them perform on the Jenny McCarthy show, which was like a <laughs> sketch show on MTV around the time. Pretty and, anti-vax,
3: uh, Jenny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> either way. Not either way. I'm just kidding. Um, it was... Uh, Yeah, they they were really a cool um, a cool band at this time, and it seems like with every passing album, they they softened, they became more um, more like broadly sort of palatable, and it it didn't appeal to me as much. It never seemed as good as they were on this first album when they were younger and they had a little bit more of a swagger and attitude. yeah, pretty much every song in this album is really great. Does that have
0: Sing to the Bottom? It does. It? Okay,
3: Love that song. All the singles are awesome. Yeah, Radiation
1: Vibe. Um, Leave the Biker seems like a quirky kind of um, song that was not quite a single, but could have been. And
3: yeah, I mean, I feel like I remember it from a kid, from yeah. being a kid, hearing it somewhere. Yeah.
1: Um, and then there's album tracks like Joe Ray and uh, Please Don't Rock Me Tonight that are like especially excellent.
3: Um. Yeah. Great album. Trev, how much do you think uh, that album sounds like Weezer? <laughs> That's not funny.
1: I don't want to talk about Weezer.
0: Okay. Um. My number five is Cheryl Crow by Cheryl Crow. Nice. came out of our special uh, feeling pretty pretty close to Cheryl Crow, and that was the record that I first got into um you know it's really eclectic, but I think that what stood out to me this time was um uh a lot of it was about sort of the lyrics and the deadpan delivery and just the, the very frank matter of factness of the, of the lyrics. I think there are a couple of, um, album tracks that particularly stand out to me this time around, but I particularly the song, the book, which we talked about Mm -hmm. in our special, a fair amount is, um, standing out to me a lot. And some of the other kind of, uh, Straightforward songs like Oh Marie and Sweet Rosalyn uh, just have such a good vocal sound that I've been into those. So, yeah, I was happy to come back around to that and uh, felt the need to include it. So, Quill, what's your number four? Great
3: great choice, Al. Uh, My number four is an album called Static Prevails by Jimmy Eat World.
0: You've been obsessed lately.
3: I have been on a Jimmy Eat World... uh, kick yes um i kind of thought from the beginning that this would probably be on my top five uh, even before my current um obsession but uh yeah uh their second album first on a major label really first album that was regarded by anybody um completely different than what they end up sounding like um as they blew up in the early aughts um, and their are um, what I think us emo fans would call their masterpiece clarity much different than that um, a lot heavier a lot more of a punk edge I would say a bit more dynamic in that um there's quieter moments and super super loud moments um whereas clarity kind of just rides a uh middle of the road just like constantly pretty um with some rocking moments here and there but um yeah it's just a a, a punky emo album with really really good um vocal melodies um Two songwriters on this album, Um, 12 songs, six songs for each songwriter, Jim Adkins and Tom Linton. I hate to say that. I think Tom Linton's songs are generally corny um, lyrically and sometimes melodically, um, but there's enough good there that I can forgive. And Jim Adkins' songs are all like pretty much spot on great. Um, And uh, yeah, yeah. Great album, "Static Prevails" by Jimmy World. Love it.
1: Longtime favorite uh, was was a big deal to me in high school too, and I uh, I love that, and I'm it's, happy that you chose it.
3: Yeah, thanks. It's so good. You're welcome. <laughs> what about you, T?
1: Hey, I got a number four. It's by a band called the Gin Blossoms. It's wow. called Congratulations. I'm sorry, and. Uh, it is definitely inferior to new miserable experience, but that being said, it's still similar enough. Uh, it has a lot of the same qualities that I can still appreciate it um, when I wear out new miserable experience. Started
2: laughing, down upon the. Bed.
1: I tend to think of New Miserable Experience as like a perfect album, and so that's my go-to album when I listen to them. But that was from '93, and we didn't really cover that or have a chance to cover it. Mm-hmm. I guess there's some kind of residual, like, thing that maybe has led to me, including congratulations. I'm sorry to just sort of take a moment to recognize how cool they are and how much I love them as a band. Do you want to have a moment of silence? A that? moment. <laughs> Yes. Can we have a moment of silence? <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they just, they, like, there are, are a lot of great album tracks on this album, and um, some of the ballads are really good. Obviously, it's got Follow You Down on it, which is the, the big hit. We talked about Dayjob a little bit. Yeah, um, Dayjob's good. Dayjob's really good. But then it's got like Not Only Dumb and As Long As It Matters, which are really great songs. And um, I tend to forget about some of the album tracks where like, I can just throw it on and be like, oh, yeah, this is just a really nice, nice listen. So um, comforting, a comforting band. And um, yeah, still really, really like the album. Cool. Uh, Yeah, I I liked that
0: one when I was a kid. In fact, I owned that one and I never owned New Miserable Experience. I have never in my life owned a copy of New Miserable Experience. Hmm. I like it. I'm familiar with it, but... Uh, my number four is an album that came out on a teeny tiny label in 1996, and then was got a little bit of a wider release in 1997. Quillen was uh, maybe thinking of challenging this inclusion, (laughs) but I'm not going to worry about it too much. It is uh, the first at the drive-in album, Acrobatic Tenement.
3: Number four. Number, four. number four. Right.
0: I'm um, but I do have a lot of enthusiasm for this record despite being, it being kind of a mess. And it sounds like, in um, both the best way and in sometimes in not so great ways, they sound like an incredibly young band. Mm-hmm. And their energy is a very young, idealistic energy. And um, I like pretty much everything that At the Drive In has done. But this is unrecognizable from, you know, relationship of command at the drive-in, one-armed scissor at the drive-in. This sounds um, a lot more like emo and um, mm-hmm. uh, in some ways is pretty reminiscent of Fugazi at times, despite um, uh, despite some stylistic differences. Um, I think that there are some some similarities in the sensibility there. Uh, The second track, Shafino, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, is really incredible. Kind of like everything that I wanted my music to sound like when I was in high school. Again, this was a big high school record for me. And um, it sounds very amateurish, but it's extremely passionate in its delivery. And um, the first, basically the whole first half is, is great. There are some weak spots in the second half. Um, and then it ends on this very dissonant pile driver of a song, but, uh, very cool.
1: So I was, yeah, I was stunned to hear that this was even on your radar. I didn't, yeah. for as much as we talk about music, this has never really come up. Yeah. Huh. We never talk about it at the drive-in, especially the earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. and. uh yeah, I mean, this album was, was a huge deal for, for me, too, when I was younger. It was probably a little more like when I got to college and we had Napster and yeah. things, we started, we downloaded things. Um, but prior to that, uh, the song Initiation was on a compilation yeah. that was um, something that we listened to a lot. And it was like an anthem for my friends and me mm-hmm. that was really uh, amazing, stunning. Super dramatic, super dynamic. Um, but God, what an album. So glad to be able
3: Good. to hear about Good. it. Yeah. What compilation was. I believe uh... it was the first Crush Comp. Oh, okay. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. I, I still don't entirely. I, I know vaguely what you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'll, I'll be curious to see maybe in a, in a season or two revisiting In Casino out and seeing where I stand with that um, because I haven't really explored that relationship in a long time. Fun. Yeah. All right. What do you, what do you think for number three?
3: Yeah. Number three, I chose an album that uh, I got into in 2021 and uh, continues to improve with each listen it is becoming a, a all time favorite album of mine and it is No Code by Pearl Jam. Yeah. Um, am I we're, alone in this or? No, you're okay, not alone. I had in this, a so
0: we'll we'll wait
3: and we'll yeah, talk about we it talk when we, about we hit it at a higher no number. No code later on, perhaps. Okay. Yeah,
1: I sort so like there were a handful of albums. No code, um Tiny Music and Alice in Chains Unplugged that I kind of that were easier for me to leave off of my list because we've already talked about them uh-huh and it gives sort of an opportunity to talk about other things yeah but those three albums specifically for me were like definitely considered for mm. inclusion in this uh my third favorite album is a uh, self-titled album by the band nerf herder
2: mm. sorry i missed you sorry I-
3: I never, never always was aware of them always loved the band i'm sure you would love the band yeah yeah, yeah
1: empire strikes back not <laughs> sure why but uh don't get the <laughs> reference um <laughs> but sweet jesus what an album uh, yeah just fantastic start to finish 10 songs perfect pop punk uh sort of album i think it's a uh a three-piece band and uh man really quirky smart songwriting and lyrics and great uh melodies um all the way through um i think uh borderline novelty songs like van halen where they talk about um loving the first album with david lee roth and then they kicked david lee roth out and uh brought in sammy hagar and you know, it was like this how dare you kind of bridge where they're like talking about the band. Um, and then there's a song called Nose Ring Girl, which is kind of about a, you know, a quirky girl uh, who's like a vegetarian. And, yeah, it's <laughs> She's like a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just fantastic. It, it, it's seemingly like somehow better now than it was in 1996. Um just a really, uh, really great album. Cool. Cool.
2: Yeah, yeah I've never.
3: I should check it out.
0: Uh, for my, my uh... <laughs> 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 For my number three, I picked the album "Emperor Tomato Ketchup" by Stereolab. Ah. Um, yeah. This is a French band that has elements of kraut rock and psychedelia and uh they mix those two things very interestingly so there's sort of a very mathematical feel but there's also sort of a, um at times like a, almost like a Burt Bacharachy kind of feel and um a wide variety of things that are going on in those songs um so, the, 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 the songs, you know, they're they are very mathematical and uh, the delivery is very mechanical in a way, but it's really surprising to hear how much like melody and harmony they can fit into uh, those songs. So, one song that I particularly like is Les Hyper Sound, which is uh, a song that's sort of about tribalism and how we kind of join these teams and then um, can't see past those divisions. And uh, it's very repetitive, but it's also super poppy. So I was really pleased to listen to that some more lately.
1: very cool um i've never really clicked with emperor tomato ketchup um i tend to prefer um the albums that came after this but um
0: you like empress mustard
3: (laughs) uh empress uh empress cucumber Cucumber, Cucumber. there it is yeah that's the one
1: no but um I think so. I think they had originally come from the band McCarthy, um, which were like a Marxist band. Makes sense. I think it's kind of interesting to hear like their politics and how it blends in. We got to see Stereo Lab pre in the before times when concerts were a thing. And um, it was a really neat experience, but seeing them live really helped kind of like. Helps me understand how much of the Kraut influence there is. Mm-hmm. Like, the rhythm section is mm. powerful and steady and hypnotic.
3: Mm, mm-hmm. Hypnotic, yeah. Playing simple... I would say playing subtly complex rhythms in a simple, like, um, kind of format. I don't know. It's like... Because it's so repetitive that it seems simple, right? Yeah. But like, what they're doing is like impressive, right? You know, right? Yeah. I um, I got into this album maybe sometime like twenty sixteen or something like that. Uh I was listening to this album a lot. My favorite song is um, towards the the end end? of the album, and uh, it is called. Motorola Skellatron? Yeah. Um uh, and it's just a really cool like rhythmically interesting um kind of like staccato distorted keyboard and guitar maybe and like just an interesting drum beat and yeah it's uh it's a cool album. I also love the song title um The Noise of Carpet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh I think that the album for me I I've only listened to it a little bit but I think if I start spending more and more time with it I would get way into it is Dots and Loops which I think yeah, came I mean, out in 97. The, the first song is just unbelievable okay, on that album. Cool. It's insane. Um yeah, cool. That's a that's a cool pick Al. I cool. I, I like it. Okay. Ready to go on? Ready to, it, m- to move on to number twos? Yep. All right. My number two favorite album by all white male artists, um, unfortunately, this year. Um, <laughs> you just didn't notice No, no, oh, okay. I, I didn't. But uh, uh, it is All the Nations Airports by Archers of Loaf. I got into this album maybe 2011 or so. Um, don't remember who, how. I don't remember who was my gateway to that album. Was it you, Trev? Are you looking at me like it was no, you? No. No. I don't think it was I mean, you.
1: I, you know, I think we kind of fumbled onto it around the same time. It, like it just seemed to. Come you know,
3: up it lot. was our friend be Sean Clancy. Okay. Yeah um who was a big Archers of Lowe fan mm-hmm. um and uh yeah i i think i started with this album and um yeah it's just a really great um gnarly indie rock album um strained impassioned vocals from uh Eric Bachman um really interesting intermingling kind of um uh angular guitar playing um awesome Awesome. Uh, just awesome it's just an awesome rock album um i think that this is my favorite they they released four albums um in the 90s and this is my favorite this was their third and my favorite album um uh pretty dynamic it's definitely got some emo i don't understand why this wasn't considered emo like to me i don't know yeah it's fair no it's i think it's about right i don't know maybe the lyrics aren't emo or whatever, but like the, the music, music definitely like has, there is a, a three song run, uh, the song worst defense through the song rental sting three songs in a row that are just like, it sounds like one epic emo jam and it's awesome. All three songs have amazing sections that are just beautiful. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it wasn't considered emo, but, um, well, their first two albums were pretty, like standard indie rock i shouldn't say standard yeah because that's dismissive
1: s- but like still same chords. they same... were super gnarly in a lot of places like their guitar playing was was ugly yeah and singing was yeah. ugly in a an appealing way yeah um and i think even going on to um all the nation's airports um it was it was
3: similar, but a little a little warmer. Yeah, and, and more a little, dynamic, certainly. I think yeah. more dynamic on yeah. All the Nations Airports. Um, if you've not listened to this album, check out the song Scenic Past Years. It is yeah. the jam. It is maybe my favorite song of the year. It's awesome. It's yeah, such you know, a beautiful song. Take a song. look. Great. I think that's pretty much all I got to say.
2: Great.
0: <laughs> What's your number two?
1: Number two. Um... Bounce Bastion. Okay,
2: boys are taken.
1: The best looking girls are
0: staying inside. So, do the widows are thinking you walk in the street from morning to night with the stars.
2: Then write another song about your dream of horses Write a song about your dream of horses Call it Judy the Dream of Horses Call it
1: If you're feeling sinister Yep Ever heard of it? Little album?
3: I've never heard of Bell and Sebastian
1: So they're this band from Glasgow It's pronounced and, Glasgow uh, Glasgow Um There was a uh, uh, a group of people, and they were at some art school, and they made a an album as a project called Tiger Milk that I think
3: came out this year, right? It also, yes. came out also came out in also came out in ninety
1: six. Yeah. Two albums in ninety six. Tiger yeah. Milk and If You're Feeling Sinister. There
3: was a minute where I thought I might like Tiger Milk more than Get If You're outta Feeling here. Sinister, and it's yeah, it's Get not true. It's not true.
1: If You're Feeling Sinister is one of the great indie rock albums of all time.
3: Are you the only? Is Trev the only one? Yeah, somebody yeah. can stop wow. me here. Do you Alec? Do you not like this album? Well, let's, let's let Trav talk okay. about it, and okay. then I'll share All the right. way I feel about it. I had a feeling so, that you didn't like it. It just is.
1: Um, if you've never if you've never heard it before, it's uh, it's a little bit folky, but in a different way than than I guess the standard like sort of folk appeal there are trumpets there are um quiet drums quiet singing is um, the whole
3: album played with brushes oh boy i'm pretty it sure, seems sure like it. that is the case which is pretty insane yeah if
1: you get to like seeing other people the second track there's like this vince Guaraldi type piano mm-hmm. playing. yeah that seems fox very... in
3: the snow fox in the snow. totally on. oh my god totally devastating really beautiful
1: song um, there are, you know, Glackenspiels, it's, it's maybe kind of the beginning of chamber music. It was before like uh neutral milk hotel and arcade mm-hmm. fire and bands like that, but it was more tasteful than both of those bands. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes like just heartbreakingly beautiful lyrics. Um, it, it's a perfect album start to finish 10 songs. I mean, you know, we talked about, we're doing our top five here. Um, but only my top two are like stone cold classics for me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. and this is really like, I, I mean, one of my absolute favorite albums of all time, certainly in my top 50, maybe top 25, um, ever, ever. ever. Wow. Yeah. It's just, um, one of those albums that like, I know like the back of my hand start to finish, um, incredibly well-crafted it ends on Judy and the Dream of Horses, which, holy cow.
3: Amazing. Holy cow. Amazing ending. (laughs) I am impressed that you You are are normally not uh, one to go with like a nostalgic or a sentimental pick. Like you, your favorites, I think your your deep, deep favorites shift a lot from from year to year. Absolutely. And we talk about this, I feel like every time we do this, that yeah. I go, I default to like what it's deeply yeah, rooted yes. classics for myself. So, so I'm like, like pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. surprised. I knew, yeah. and I knew, I knew that, that this was going to be one of the exceptions for you. I, yeah. I knew before we talked earlier today about it, I knew and hinted, like, yeah. try and yeah. give, <laughs> talk around it, but right. I knew what we were referring to, and I knew that that was the album that was going to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not surprised at all, but I'm pleasantly Happy that yeah. uh, you went with it. Incredible,
1: incredible open with stars in track and track of fields. Um, some of the highlights throughout the album. Me and the major, fantastic.
3: Me and the major was my most like recent jam. Yeah, so oh good.
1: Dylan in the movies, yep. fantastic. Um, the title track, title track. beautiful. Um, yeah, and then it closes. It's just, it's just a, a perfect album. And it, it's hard to not call it my number one, actually.
3: yeah. I uh, want to add that um, it also is totally a s- something that you would not, like, had you discovered it now, I don't think you, you would have a chance to get into it. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like nothing that, like, similar to anything that you listen to or, like, yeah, would be getting into now. That's, that's true. Just uh, an observation. That's fine. That's true. Yeah. But it's that. It's such a good, yeah. It's such a good album. That was like pretty much my number six. Like that was like just, oh, yeah.
0: Just it was, that. it was pretty close to my oh, number really? six spot, too. Okay. Yeah. I, I th- this has never been a sentimental favorite for me, but um I do have some pretty strong memories wrapped up in this album. For some reason, when I was in college and people were listening to Bell and Sebastian, the album that hooked me was Boy with the Arab Strap. And for a long mm-hmm. time, I really pretty strongly preferred that to, uh, if you're feeling sinister and I'm not sure what that was, although I did like the songs that had female vocals on them. Um, I don't know if I should know the name of the vocalist or if there were, there might've been multiple different vocalists on different songs. Um, uh, but the, the vocal performances sort of had a vibe like the, uh, velvet underground self-titled album um that 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 last track like that always seemed like that was kind of the template for the the vocals on that record and i really liked life pursuit a lot yeah Um,
1: yeah yeah that's that's probably my next
3: favorite yeah actually Life pursuit's very good
1: they sort of shifted into another gear with like dear
3: catastrophe
1: Matrix in 2003 yeah they became a new band yeah louder yeah um fuller more complete mm -hmm. more upbeat more uh alive i think there were mm-hmm. some some drug issues happening with these early sort of like, oh interesting uh, very mm-hmm. somber albums um
3: both the of strap, strap totally with you i i love that album yeah man. i yeah. I, I, st- I still go back and forth more, between um, the two
0: i have more go-to songs on that record than but i i think i recognize that the lyrics are better on uh
3: if you're feeling sinister, and if you're feeling yeah.
0: sinister, yeah, it's really masterfully written.
1: Al, talk to us about your number two. It's been
0: dependably solid, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> you know when you, that there's a very distinctive kind of fart you have when your body's telling you you're ready to drop a very solid loaf.
2: Oh there is.
0: There's a very specific kind of like. It's not necessarily even a fart. It's like your butt is breathing. It's just exhaling. <laughs> this message, like, you're going to have a solid
1: loaf. Are you gonna? Are you gonna say Billy breathes by fish? No, I wasn't oh, gonna say that. Billy okay. breathes by fish.
0: <laughs> um. Oh no. My number two is tiny. Music from the Vatican gift shop wow. by the Stone Temple Pilots. I guess I could have also said my number two is Stone
2: <laughs> Temple Pilots.
0: <laughs> 96 wow. wasn't outstanding to me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I there's a lot of stuff that I liked, and there is an album that I probably I left off that probably if I didn't imagine that travel's going to include it, I, I probably would have included it. But, um, I, I think this podcast it has it amplified my love for a couple records, and this is one of them. Um, it's just got you know these four or five singles that are kind of the perfect bubble grunge kind of things. And then um, in addition to that, I, I I used to think that the second half of this album was substantially weaker. And lately, with one notable exception, uh, I've I've really gotten to like the second half. There are some really cool, interesting things that happen in it. And um sometimes they go pretty far from the template, but there are also um two songs on the second half Ride the Cliche and Seven cage Tigers that are pretty much in the same great style of like uh, Big Bang Baby and Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart. And I think they deserve more attention. And uh, yeah, this album is good enough to overcome Art School Girlfriend, mm-hmm. Art School Girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just so beautifully crafted and so great sounding.
3: What do you think of the song Adhesive?
0: I like the song Adhesive yeah, yeah, quite a bit. That
3: was my recent discovery on my most recent yeah. playthrough. Adhesive it's Rules. That's song yeah. slaps.
1: Yeah. Great album. I'd listen to it five or four times. <laughs>
3: Is he saying five or four or five or more?
1: Five or four. Are you sure? Yeah. I think we had
0: this exact we had, same I think conversation That's <laughs> STP special.
3: Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> Cool. Um,
0: Number one.
3: Cool. I'm ready for number one. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I. Ninety six for me, is no like I don't think any like stone cold classics like you said, Trav. Like you said, two. Yep. You know, for me, I yeah I don't I don't think I would have any that I would say are like in contention for like top 20 or 50 favorite albums of all time. Like mm-hmm. I don't um yeah. as much as I was pleasantly surprised that there is a lot of good albums for me from this year. Um I will say and I clearly I know that we'll be talking about it in due time, but uh No Code would be the one that is, is heading that way. But um all that being said, my favorite album of 1996 is an album called Better Can't Make Your Life Better by Lilies um, they were a interesting band from the Philadelphia and Washington D.C. area. Um,
0: Travis think, making faces. Yeah,
3: Trev uh, likes a song by this band a lot though. For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, East Coast band. Um, started off as like a ninety-sunday rock band. Um, changed into like shoegaze. Um, and then took a crazy turn into kink style, British invasion pop. And, uh, this is the first album of that. And, uh, it is an insane album to me. It's very technical, very professionally performed, amazing, uh, instrumentation, um, just beautiful sixties psych songs, um, A standout track is a song called A Nanny in Manhattan. can't make your life better um the closer returns every morning has one of the coolest guitar licks i've ever heard like it's an all-time favorite guitar song um it's just a really really beautiful beautifully played awesome awesome album and uh fuck you travis
1: Fair enough. For whatever you're going to say. No, no I, thank you. Thank um, You You
3: did not like this album yeah. when I tried to push it on you years yeah. ago.
1: Well, I guess I'm not cool enough to like yeah. some of your more obscure choices <laughs> for favorite albums. I feel a little alienated. <laughs> if you were to choose a song to recommend from this album, what would it be?
3: A Nanny in Manhattan. Yeah.
1: I think you put it in a mix for me. Probably.
3: Returns every morning though
1: would be
0: my number two pick. <laughs> I think I think Trav may have put it on a mix for me. No way. I think I well or maybe
3: I, maybe I, it just I'm came
0: directly from Quillen.
3: Pretty, pretty sure, sure I put it on a mix for you. Okay. Yeah. I
1: probably gave you the mil- the mix that Quillen gave to me. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure I put it on a mix for both of you. Okay. You, you want this
1: shit. I huh?
0: <laughs> don't ask me why I'm gonna put this in this exact way, but I would give my life to have written Nanny in Manhattan.
3: That song slaps. It's amazing. You guys, are, you guys are off your rockers.
1: What the hell? A Nanny in Manhattan. Okay. All right.
3: <laughs> That's, That's a great, a great song. song. What do you say? It
1: saying?
0: is a hook every 10 seconds yep. for, what, two? Maybe two, two and a
3: half minutes? Two and a half minutes talks, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. It is basically uh, a, an album that I love. I, Even though there's a strong Kinks influence, I would describe it as all of the appeal of O Inverted World by The Shins balled up into a two-minute garage rock song. Wow, Fair.
1: I've probably heard that song five or four times in my life, <laughs> and I can't tell you anything about it.
0: Does he say five or four times or five
1: or more times? I. E- either way, I... I don't remember anything about the song. I couldn't tell you a single part of it. Okay, okay,
0: so I was really getting it wrong that you would have put this on a mix for me. Yeah, okay. No. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And
1: I know like I know that it's like a notable song. And it, oh, it might man. just be from from being friends with you. You know, yeah. like, this yeah. is the song. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I feel like I've read a little bit about it, you know. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean,
3: I th- this band is a conundrum to me really yeah. and I they were genre hopping constantly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I was aware of this album, um, probably 10 or so years ago. And I think from, uh, what is the blog, uh, the nineties music blog that you could down illegally download albums from,
1: I've never illegally downloaded an album before. I'm I love sure the nineties or something
3: like, like that. Or yeah.
1: I I honestly, I I'm, I'm sure I know what you're talking about and I just cannot remember. Yeah. It. Like that's a deep cut. Yeah. To, like a... go back to those blogs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, and I, I found out about them from this blog and, uh, I, I bought it on CD and, uh, yeah, I I just was so floored by this album and I was like it was one of those albums at the time that I like had to share with anybody that I thought might like it, which was definitely you and Alec. Yeah. And Yeah, yeah. I I I was always surprised that you 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 kind of always dismissed it. And for sure. I and I'm that's being, fine. I'm course, being shitty but...
1: now just to to no, I know. for for, for <laughs> jokes. But I I like respect them as a band because I could see that they're doing like some artistic things mm-hmm. with their with their clearly albums. are talented. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they're doing they're they're like doing their own thing, and I just kind of see it from a distance and I go that seems like a cool band. It's, I haven't connected to it, um, and I'm I haven't closed the door on it for sure. Um, it'll just take something else hitting me.
3: What's the song? Hermit Crab. A hermit that Crab I love from so much. the album Previous Exame. The Photon Band. That I'm sounds great. Not yeah. exactly sure how to pronounce that yeah, first no, word. Of that that's about stuff. right. And it's that a is great song. a completely different. Yeah. Kind totally of different noisy song. shoegazy type song. Yeah. 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 I. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think for me, uh, it it was coming from like getting obsessed with field music. Oh. Um in 2007 mm-hmm. that was kind of like the jumping off point for me to like get into something like this which is like less sex tc more kinks oh, and okay. uh yeah yeah I mean it was just like for a time I was very fascinated by 60s style music that is just more complex and and yeah. artier you know than even though the kinks were an arty band, but yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, this album killed me and, and revisiting all these albums. I just like, I loved every single song on this record. Like it was just like pretty much perfect for me. Like everything was great. Not a downer moment, like just 35, 35 minutes. minutes. Awesome. awesome. Killer album. Cool. Yeah. My number one. I love it. Great
1: job. What you got, Travis? I mean, it's R.E.M., right? (laughs) My favorite album from 1996 is New Adventures in Hi-Fi from R.E.M. I think I said this on, like, our second episode or something. (laughs) Thing to say about it that i didn't say before but um it's almost like an album of album tracks like there are singles but even the singles feel like really good album tracks yeah uh i think there's 14 songs i think it's like close to an hour uh, give no or take.
3: thank you this sounds like a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> and it was recorded
1: on the road it has a very like like a feel of like traveling America and seeing the countrysides and things like that. Um, yeah, it was recorded at like different sound checks at different places throughout the country. Um, and it just hits in a different way. You know, they're coming off of being the biggest bands in America after monster. um, and then, you know, Automatic for the People and Out of Time, which were like three mega huge albums in a row. And then they just like nothing hit with this album. Yeah, They didn't connect in the same way. They didn't have a Losing My Religion or anything like that. Um, it just it felt like a swing and a miss. And it was definitely the beginning of their decline. But it's almost more interesting because of it. It's like they didn't really care to have the hits after an album where they cared about having hits more than any time in their career.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you think Electrolyte was
1: the biggest hit off
0: that album? That would be my guess.
1: It's uh, uh, yeah, probably, but I don't know that it would be even the most popular yeah. song on the album, despite being. I mean, if we're looking at charts and stuff like that, probably if not uh, maybe evil, the letter based on just being the first single. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think a, a, a ton of people really know that or bittersweet me, which is sort of in between. Um, but yeah, we've talked about albums that are comforting when we're feeling unsure of things. And this is one of the most comforting things in the world to me to throw this on. If I'm like, if I'm really, If I'm going to bed at night and I'm really unsure about the next day and feeling anxious, I'll fall asleep to this and it it helps.
0: Yeah. This is the first REM album I ever got into and it's still a, a a favorite of mine. Um, I probably would have found a way to include it if I didn't just know that you were going to include it. Um, And I, I think probably my favorite songs on it are among the singles. I mean, "Ebo the Letter and Electrolite are two songs that I really love. Um, I, 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 I don't know how much I would love it if I heard it for the first time now, but the, the ballad Be Mine yeah. is a song that I really loved when I was a kid and I, that leaves a, definitely a soft spot for it in my, in my heart. So yeah, there's a lot of great stuff going on on that record.
1: Yeah. How about you?
0: All right, well, my number one must be No Code by Pearl Jam. So I, uh, you know, I, I was kind of looking for an album to love from 1996 because I didn't really feel like there was an album that I really loved. And I think we've made it pretty clear now that (laughs) we love no code. We all love no code. So, um, I just think it's been a really good match for this year. It's been a, an encouraging album to listen to. Mm. And, you know, like I've said, I've kind of Felt as as we've had some more battles to fight, I, I felt for Eddie and the battles that he was fighting. And, uh, definitely, definitely my favorite Pearl Jam album, and now one of my favorite albums of the 90s period.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. I just, uh, I just don't have, I'm not trying to be funny. I just like, I, I, I don't know. It it really, I feel like it's a special album. Like I just, uh, yeah, it's, it is comforting. And just by the time you reach around the bend at the end, it just like comes home and just feels, I just feel Mm -hmm. warm and happy and content and like, just everything's okay. And, um, yeah, and just, like, uh, from a technical perspective, like, it's just a gnarly, like, great album. Like, amazing performances. Sounds great. Great production. There's not a bad song on the album. Like, yeah, it just is special. Very, very good. I agree. I uh, I thought that was going to be on all of, like, I thought that was the one that was going to be in oh. all of our top five. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I do think that like that this will be the classic for me from this year. Like this time next year, it would have been like my number one. Like yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, let's take a break, and then we'll talk about what's going on in between now and 1997. So we're going to do a little a, a weird thing. We um, are looking for some flexible new episode formats, um, partially, maybe, possibly, slightly to st- stretch out the existence of our podcast, since we're heading into our, uh, our second half, and it's a bit of a shorter second half. So we're going to do a hiatus mini-season. And the rules are, we're each going to choose a song. It has to have been on the Billboard Modern Rock chart sometime in between 1990 and 1999. Um, and we'll do an episode about it, and we'll talk about the song. We'll, we'll do basically a normal format episode. We'll talk about the song, the music video, the album... Um, and maybe another couple things um, on these episodes. So we're announcing to one another for the first time here which song we have each chosen. We're each going to choose one for three-episode mini-season. So who's going to go first? Or are we going to listen I, to? I
3: did the albums first, so I, I'm not going first. Oh, I okay. guess that
1: leaves it up to me. Sure, the song I choose is "New Age Girl" by Dead Eye Dick. Wow, I don't think I know it. I don't know <laughs> what that is. It's uh, the she don't eat meat, but she sure like the bone song. <laughs> okay, you don't still don't know I, what I'm talking about. I don't. know Holy what I do. shit! Oh my god! Really?
0: Drive just chose a silly song.
1: No, it's like, like, you know, this song.
3: Maybe. Yeah, oh, I know. Come on. I'd have to okay. hear it, I guess.
1: It, it was in Dumb and Dumber? Like, does that help? No? No. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'll see myself out.
0: <laughs> oh, I think that's such a funny choice.
3: <laughs> you want me to go All next? Right. I can go next. Go ahead. I was you gonna pick, pick "Stay" by Lisa Loeb. Oh wow! Okay. That's I didn't great. know I could pick "Stay." <laughs> but it was You're on the Modern Hector.: Well, damn! I figured we'd love to talk about <laughs> that song more, more, than more than we already have. <laughs>
2: You're not wrong. That's about true. That. Yeah,
0: we've we've mentioned it, but I'm not sure how in depth we've gone.
3: Is that is that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Those, All
0: right. Do you make your choice? Alright, uh the song that I have chosen is Cannonball by the Breeders. Oh. So we'll get do some classic bubble grunge. And uh And talk
3: about a great album there. Oh yeah. Yeah, very a
0: very good album, certainly. Wow. Yep. <laughs> okay, well, uh <laughs> we're gonna wrap things up. We made record in time. Yeah,
3: we, we did.
0: which is good. It's good. It's good. We've, we've, we've needed to cut these things down and we'll add a decent number of clips in. Tell me all your thoughts on pod as part of the off shelf family, head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine. Uh, the best, most fun way for us to communicate with all of you is via our Facebook group. Tell me all your thoughts on, tell me all your thoughts on pod. However, we still love receiving your emails at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. Listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. Uh, We'll be back soon with our first hiatus episode, which we'll say will be who gets to go? Determined later.
1: will be <laughs> determined later.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: We could both, let, let's both say it and then we'll edit it in later. New Age Girl by Dead Eye Dick.
3: <laughs> New Age Girl by Dead <laughs> Dick. Right? Bye.
0: Bye.
1: Bye.